welcome to this week's Generative Art Podcast with your hosts, Ruth and Tim. This week, we're going to be talking about algorithms. Tim's going to give us an overview of all the amazing algorithms. Yeah, it's told though. I guess talking about all the algorithms, that's definitely an oversell. But um, yeah, this whole week I've kind of been, we've been thinking about doing this episode for a while and um, the idea of explaining algorithms in generative art is, I don't know, it's just like a very broad kind of, I don't know if I want to say complex, but just generally a wide range topic as a whole so there's um, a, there's but I a guess... lot and lot to cover basically we can't sort of go into absolutely every single algorithm in depth because we would be here for far too long um, so really this is just going to be another episode where we just talk broadly about the different things and um, we're still in this very beginner episode kind of thing and later on down the track we can cherry pick um specific algorithms that we do want to talk about in more depth yeah that's a that's a good way to look at it I mean I think you know we kind of joke about this anyway the term algorithm (laughs) yeah the term itself yeah the term itself it just ranges from everything and it's like an algorithm is essentially just a set of instructions Um, and then of course the bigger joke is that an algorithm is what somebody says when they don't actually want to explain what it is that they've done you know it's the algorithm's fault that yeah i just made an algorithm i I just did that um i was actually i I actually looked at this because we we had a little chat about this yesterday and um i struggle with the term algorithm purely i think based on what you just said just because people say it all the time especially in development Look at my algorithm I wrote. I wrote this amazing cool algorithm. I algorithm, algorithm, algorithm. And it feels like almost that they're saying it to sound clever. Um, yeah. And I, uh, it's it's really the program itself because, it, like I said, it's a set of instructions. I, I, I actually had to Google the difference between the terms equation and algorithm yesterday because I felt as though people were using the term algorithm instead of equation like you've written an equation not an algorithm um, which is a completely different thing again it's not necessarily a set of instructions an equation is something like you know y equals x squared and then you if x is two then y is four because two squared is four Um, so when you're writing a program in development you do far y equals x squared that's an equation that you're writing not an algorithm so I made something this week which had used an equation it was um you know point x equals sign this over this cause this over this etc that was an equation that I wrote and I think a lot of people would have described it as an algorithm and so I really I really struggle with the term I'm really hoping after this episode I feel I feel a lot better. I feel a lot more comfortable. Oh, I've okay. got a surprise for you. Yeah. <laughs> Probably won't. <laughs> oh, what? Um, yeah. I'm the, well. I mean, well. the the funny thing of the kind of equation algorithm, uh, I guess, clash there is you would use 
if you were solving that problem on paper, a, a series of steps, which in a way would be your algorithm to solve that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if you're balancing out the left and the right side of an equation, you know, these are the steps that you take. And, and that itself is, I guess, your personal algorithm. Um, but when we get into generative art, I guess it's just easier to kind of explore, I don't know, a few of the more common um, patterns that are used and a few of the more common kind of algorithms. Um, I, I was kind of looking into this a little bit more and it does kind of make sense. It's like with generative art, we have uh, the autonomous system, like something that kind of throws in uh, the element of random um, that we've talked about so many times yeah. um, or the element of, you know, something out of your control. Um, but there is kind of like a whole category that is just like flat called algorithmic art where mm -hmm. you have your algorithm and you uh, plug in something and it applies it to that artwork or you just make something uh, like a fractal that will always be the same every single time. And that interestingly falls into its own kind of category of algorithmic art, which I think for our case, we just kind of group everything together anyway. There's not really much need to get snooty about the, the different terms. Uh-huh. I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, one kind of piece, I guess, of algorithmic art that I find super interesting and I guess like a good way to start to describe, uh, algorithms is, um, Conway's game of life, like the okay. cellular automata. Uh, have you, you've looked at those? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's come up a couple of times. I have never coded Right. Them, but yeah. Yeah, so I guess like for me to explain what that is, I can kind of explain, I guess, the rules of uh, how it works and kind of do my best to paint a picture, um, as difficult as that may be. Um, Conway's Game of Life essentially has a grid, if you imagine a grid, um, and on that grid, each square can either be on or off. So it's either, you know, a, a blank white or you put a color in there black. Um, and then it kind of runs through iterations. And so at the start, you'll kind of put into it, you just kind of usually, especially on a laptop, like move your mouse around and, and it will just enter a bunch of spaces. Um, and the algorithm for this is every iteration that it runs, uh, it goes over that grid. And depending on uh, if a square is on or off, it'll take a specific action. So if, uh, and I kind of think this is a good way to start looking at algorithms because especially with generative art, it's the same kind of thing. Like we, we uh, take an action, then we take another action based on the previous action, then we take another action based on the previous action. And that kind of evolution uh, tends to be, I guess, in a lot of ways, the kind of primary algorithm that we're using. Um, so in Conway's Game of Life, if a square has no uh, siblings next to it at all, then it just dies. So in the next iteration, it goes from black to white. Um, if there are, I can't remember it exactly. If there are three neighbors next to it, uh, it dies from essentially 
I guess the term is overpopulation. It's like it's got too much stuff near it, so it's going to die. Um, but if there are two by themselves and, and no neighbor, I think I'm right on this, uh, then they create a third one next to it. So they kind of like uh, breed or, or kind of multiply. Um, and so the big thing with Conway's Game of Life is you can kind of put in some patterns and uh, through each iteration, you know, uh, other patterns start to emerge. So there's like some things that do little loops um, called like blinkers. And there's some things that kind of appear to be rotating. And then, you know, if you get the format exactly right, there are some things that appear to kind of shoot off into the, into the distance. And, you know, the grid on this is essentially infinite. They can just kind of keep going and keep going and keep going. Uh-huh. Um, but that, for, I don't know, for some reason to me, I think that feels like, the easiest way to explain an algorithm. I think a series that, of in, yeah. No, go on, go on. Oh, as a series of instructions that you're going to keep iterating on, um, to to ultimately kind of give you some kind of output. I think that's a really, really good example to start with. I think that's good because um, an algorithm can, in the base sense, like when we're not talking about generative art, just be a set of instructions. And you just go over once, and that's your program. That's done. Um, I think the key, which you just mentioned, was um, an action based on a previous action, which I think is really, yeah, really that... key to to generative art. It's something I've never really considered. Is we talk about we, we talk about randomness a lot, and actually a lot of the noise stuff, which I think you're going to get into at some point. Um, it's actually based on what's happened before and what's going to happen next, a lot of it. And right. so I think that, to me, is really a, a really kind of what separates the kind of art bit from a lot right. of other just, and it's just a program. Like we're actually thinking right. about space and, then, and how things are developing and what's coming next. And it's, this is just such a good example of that. Yeah, so often as well with uh, generative art, it's like getting a bunch of different techniques and then combining them together um, for a specific output. So with uh, Conway's Game of Life, and I'll, I'll put a link in for this, there's, um, there's versions where they've connected like a MIDI controller to it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> as as they're translating, they each make like a specific noise and, and you kind of start to also kind of hear, you know, they can turn like a visual piece of algorithmic art into uh, like a audio piece of algorithmic art, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm assuming, I think I've seen this. I'm assuming that's the launch pad. It's like a eight by eight square of just square buttons. So it lends. No, that's it. yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, it lends itself to the square grid, really well. Yeah. And you can you can LED it's... control it, so you can light them up when they're alive and turn them off when they die. It's that's just, it. Yeah. Well, th- it's like that that idea of applying, I guess, like a second algorithm that says, "Hey, when these things are lit, make this noise. When these things are lit, make this noise. You know, if these things are." doing this make this noise like that's just a second all it really is is a second layer kind of going over the first one yeah um jake who we had on a previous episode has done a kind of version of that where he was essentially transmitting images uh over audio 
Um, so you would be kind of like, this color sounds like this. And, and, you know, he had his kind of layer that, yeah, branched on top of that, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess fractals are the other kind of big crazy piece of algorithmic art before we kind of start to dig more into generative. Yeah, so um, so explain this to me, because to me, again, we're going back to what I said at the beginning, a fractal is just an equation that's getting solved. Have I misunderstood? Yeah. No, no, that's it. It's like, um, I mean, it's essentially like lying patterns on top of each other and on top of each other and on top of each other um, forever. Um <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, you see some of those fractal kind of visualizations and they're just kind of insane. But it, yeah, it is just a specific set of instructions. But then there's, you know, there's the famous fractals that um, people kind of go nuts for like where, the, you know, you get those. Like the Mandelbrot. I think. Yeah, the, the Mandel. Yeah, that's probably the most famous. Uh, that was I would probably guess. the first one, wasn't it? I think it was Mr. Mandelbrot that came up yeah. with the, the fractal algorithm um yeah and, and made them to start with and that's it and the piece that kind of makes that algorithmic art rather than generative is you know with with the mandelbrot they mandelbrot 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 brot, i believe i might brot. be wrong i want to say but because yeah because <laughs> I, I don't know I usually, I'm, usually yeah. just correct usually things are but yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah people are you know, you kind of keep going deeper into that and you follow different colors, um, but you can essentially share where you are in that coordinate system. So you can be like, whoa, go to this place in yeah. this fractal and see this cool thing, which is cool. Um, in itself. Did you see the 4D one? It was a couple of weeks ago someone oh. showed it to me. Whenever somebody says 4D, I start to kind of, 4D, my brain 3D, breaks. 3D one. I think they described okay, it as 4D. 3D. Think, 3D, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, I think they described it as 4D because it, I, maths, I don't know. Uh, time, I guess. Time, I guess time. is the dimension. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, was, it was made in a piece of 3D software, right? And because it changes over time, that's where your fourth dimension comes from. Um, it had been made in a piece of 3D software called Houdini, which <laughs> means something different to me in my life. Um, CSS, yeah, yeah I know yep. they're both <laughs> the same thing. Um, they, yeah, they had coded it within the software, um, which made me have a quick look at the software. I think it's just, um, it's a what's the word I'm looking for? Oh God, words! I'm so glad you're doing the talking today, Tim. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like a professional FX style um, software for right. films and special effects and things like that. Um, and it's, I don't know why it was special. I think nobody had done it in a 3D piece of 3D software before over time. Um, and I will get a link to it. Um, uh, I'm Is it, it's rendered, it's rendered out it's then rendered as opposed out. to like a I think live. that was probably yeah. what it was because it took so much processing power to render it out. We'd only ever had stills before <laughs> or something like that. Right. Because it's got to no, do all sense. the math and... It's like this little animation of a basically like a little exploding thing. It looks very cool. It does look very cool. Uh, I think I have seen some things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then kind of getting into, I guess, algorithms for uh, generative art. 
um, I guess like in a, in a good sense, the tutorials um, that I've put on generativeartistry.com basically get into those. Um, and then I kind of have struggled to like, again, the same way that leading up to this uh, episode, like the idea of getting more complex things like uh, noise algorithms into a tutorial that is made to be, uh, I guess, as simple as possible. It kind of has a challenge itself. Yeah. Um, but before we, <clears throat> before we even build our way up to noise, I guess we should just look at, uh, you know, some of the other things that are more fun to play around with in generative art. Okay. Um, the first one, I think, uh, and it does feel like it's like an entry point. A lot of the time when people want to start making generative art is trees, like tree, tree algorithms, not just trees in that uh, you have a node and that branches into more nodes and they branch into more nodes, which is, I guess, the literal code definition. Yeah, that's exactly what I was um, thinking. It's <laughs> more than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, coding like a, a tree in itself um, I guess it is essentially like that. I kind of accidentally explained it before I got to explain it. <laughs> um, I think um, I know what you mean, though, because um, you, you add parameters to make it more tree-like. Is that what you're going to no, get No, that's to? exactly it. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> um, <laughs> you... that's exactly what I want to get okay, to. Okay, because oh, you, you do it. You do it. Uh, I mean, I'll try. I'll try. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you ha you kind of have to imagine it's like you have a base, you have a base trunk. Um, the cool thing about coding trees is you can kind of do it without having to look up algorithms. Like I feel like when things get more complex, uh, if I'm making something with noise or I want to do um, some kind of splines or, or something like that, there's um, there's algorithms. Ugh, I I hate that we have to keep saying algorithms. Should we, uh, we, we nickname Yeah, there's, there's a series of instructions. <laughs> yeah, there's a series of instructions that's defined, essentially, like the same way that you would use an equation to get the distance between two spaces. Uh, there's, you know, a series of ways that are like, this is the best way to go from, interpolate from A to B in a smooth manner. Mm -hmm. um, you know, th those are kind of solved problems. But when you, if you want to kind of go out to build a tree, you get to use a bit of your own imagination to say, okay, how am I going to do this? Um, I actually think by the time we release this episode, I'll have a demo on generative artistry as well for trees. So you can kind of go through it at home if you like. Uh, but yeah, you essentially have a start branch. It's essentially like if you were going to draw a tree by hand, how would you yeah, do it? So and you would start I, I, from the trunk, yeah. unless you're absolutely insane. <laughs> This is this is basically the way that my dad taught me how to draw trees and I was like I must have been about five and I've always been able to draw trees and you basically do exactly that you'd start from the trunk um, and you get up a certain you know you have one thing and then you split it in two and then you split those two things in two and you carry on doing this every single branch you then have you just keep splitting in two um, and if you follow that rule you can draw a tree that was that was dad's rule and that's exactly I'm assuming the algorithm is the same. I'm assuming he probably took that drawing rule from an algorithm, knowing <laughs> my dad. Um, <laughs> and I'm assuming that's what you're going to say. No, well, that's it. It's, it. 
it it kind of has the underlying uh, recursion in it because you're running the same thing that says, hey, I've got one branch, I'm going to split this branch into two branches. Uh, that in itself is the entirety of the algorithm, and then you're just running it over itself over and over and over again. Um, and then you can start to apply uh, kind of the random qualities into it, and those in itself can be anything you like. So, you know, you've got your base trunk, uh, and then it's like, okay, I'm going to split this into two, but which angles are these two going to go into? Um, you know, one oh, of them yeah. will go this way one of them will go the next way and then you've got two more and you can say okay which angle do i want these or, two to go what into? Length? how long yeah. do i want them to be or how wide yeah. do i want them to be? oh my goodness uh, me so what what you just said very quickly in passing is that you're making a tutorial for this to go on the website can you can yep. you see how exciting how excited i am right now <laughs> my voice is just good it's, it's cool i'm pretty excited i gotta make trees yeah <laughs> It's one of those, yeah, it's one of those interesting things to me because every time I do it, I don't know, it's difficult to be super happy with the result. Um, and I guess a big aspect of that is you see trees in day-to-day -day life and they're so complex and beautiful. Um, yeah, and different. And, and you know, there's, the yeah, I feel like in nature, there's, exactly, there's so many funny rules uh, and kind of unknowns of how a tree actually grows in real life. You know, it's like, oh, it, it's trying to branch out to get sun, to get, you know, as opposed to just being like a code tree, which is like, A, I've already <laughs> moved into 2D space, so it's going to be less brilliant. Um, and then B, it's like, oh, I want it to branch out like a tree, but, you know, the first thing that will happen is uh, the the lines will like cross each other, the branch as well. And I'll be like, oh, do I really like that? Do I not like that? Uh, and I, you can just kind of start to get lost in the infinite uh, infinite rules that, that you're uh -huh. making in the algorithm of when to split the branches. It's like, well, I want them to be between this long and this long, but always less <laughs> thick than the base branch and always less long than the base branch. I don't want a random long... And, and, and like the aesthetics, you, you're kind of torn between wanting the chaotic random and wanting perfection. The, which is, the perfection, which is usually yeah. chaotic random anyway. Uh, you just curate Ex exactly, it to the point in which it. you just go, oh, yes, I'm visually okay with this. Um, I'm, I, I am exactly. genuinely <laughs> quite like, what do I have to do after we start recording? Do I have to do anything? Can I just code a tree now? Um, I haven't. I haven't oh, you should. Yet. Give it a go. <laughs> Uh, I feel like it's it's a fun exercise and you can kind of take coding a tree into a few different spaces as well because it, it enters the fractal space very, very easily. Uh -huh. um, if you, if you want to go and take out the random aspect of it and say every branch has like a, an angle 33 degrees or something like that, then the tree will kind of curve into itself into like a, into a fractal pattern okay. essentially and it will get uh, smaller and smaller and smaller yeah i think i've seen this um so i yeah yeah I, I recommend that as well you know if you make one make one where you can animate the angle changing and just redraw it over and over again and you can kind of have this yeah funny hand like fractal okay. which is fun in itself as well interesting um yeah i guess the the next one that i kind of like to explain 
and and I don't know. I guess like a big part of this episode is just kind of the idea of getting people trying to think and solve these things without having to look it up. Like there's a lot of kind of prior art in generative art itself. Um, and it is kind of easy to get sucked into, you know, going onto something like CodePen or Glitch and seeing something and then playing around with it. Um, but you also have a lot of lot to gain of, of trying to figure it out, figure it out yourself, um, mostly because you then learn, you know, you can make a small mistake, but that can result into something that looks completely different. And then you can kind of go down that path itself. Yeah, I, I, um, I couldn't agree more with this actually figuring it's it's even if you don't remember what I, what I tend to do is I'll do one of these like I'll probably go away and do the tree and figure it out and then a week later I'll forget how I did it but the way that way of thinking will never leave and that idea no, exactly. of um, changing something and keeping it going and changing it a little bit more and keeping it going and keeping previous state and building something visual out of doing that like this kind of recursion or um random like curated random like that that those ideas are very important because I think they've influenced so many other things even if I haven't necessarily used strictly an algorithm to create something yeah Well, it's like the idea of, you know, with the tree, I guess the way that we described it is um, branches. But if you look at it more as uh, nodes, like the end of each branch, uh, the start and the end is a node, um, you can kind of start to think a little bit more in terms of nodes and meshes. Um, I guess a good one to describe would be, and there's already, I did a tutorial on this one, on circle packing. I love, I love that one. Um, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a beautiful visual effect to have, you know, a small space. It's almost like a ball pit, you know, how many circles can we fit into this area? Um, but the, the set of instructions that I've used to build that are, and it's a little bit wasteful uh, in that I'll just iterate for 10,000 times and I'll just stop after that. Um, and that is the limiting factor as opposed to some kind of perfect algorithm that will predict where the ball should go. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but I would essentially say uh, you have a screen size or, or square, whatever your canvas would be, um, and you could pick a random point and that's going to be your first circle. And with that circle, you essentially expand it and make it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until you hit, you know, and this is one of the boundaries immediately, you hit an edge of the screen. Um, And so that will make that ball relatively random sized because if you start right in the corner, it's going to immediately hit a wall. Uh, If you start right in the center, it's immediately, eventually going to hit, you know, one of the Mm -hmm. sides. Yeah. And then the iteration part of that is picking another random spot and doing exactly the same thing. But this time you've already got one node, which is the first circle sitting in your uh, canvas. So with the second one, you keep expanding it and then you have to check against all the other ones. uh, And if it hits a wall or if it hits one of the other, then you stop and you have two circles then that are touching each other. You know, it's not packed in per se, they're just there and there's no real physics or anything being applied. 
uh, it just expanded until you hit the second circle. And then you do a third and you do a fourth. Um, and you also have to take care, like if your random point is within one of the other circles, uh, you just don't draw it at all. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect I try my sense. best. Um, I've, I've actually done that tutorial and it does remind me because you, you just made the point I'm slightly deviating from algorithms that it's slightly wasteful because you have to iterate over all the ones that have been before. So you draw one circle. Yeah. Once gets... you draw the next one, you have to make sure that it's either not in the previous circle or if you are going to touch the edge of that circle because you're trying to pack in circles into your 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 bounds, right? Um, yeah. That's it. The thing that kind of feels. I feel like this is always wasteful when I'm programming. Just my thought on this. You have to do the yeah. same thing when you're doing physics collision detection. Is you have you have right. like ten particles on the screen. Let's say they're little tiny balls, so they're not packed in, but they're moving around, and you have to cons like every single one of them has to be keep checking every single other one of those to make sure it's not going to be hitting it. Right. And I feel like every is there a better way of doing this? <laughs> someone could. Someone get in yeah. touch with me on Twitter and tell me if there's a better way of doing this because I feel it's very processing heavy. Um, I think it's fine when you're doing... No, that's exactly... When you're sort of generating a flat piece of art, it doesn't really, to me, it doesn't matter too much if it's... I did I did one this week where I'd written that equation that I spoke about at the beginning of the episode and it on, on mobile it takes about 20 seconds to load. <laughs> and I'm like, but it's all right <laughs> because it's not moving. I only want to generate it once. I just... Um, I might want to print it out, right? But for something like things that are animating all the time, you really got to watch that. Um, okay, that's my thought. Yeah, well, that, that's what feels. It feels so counterintuitive yeah, because you're the the element of random. Theoretically, you could say I'm going to run this uh, ten thousand times. I'm going to try and create ten thousand circles, um, but a circle won't be created if it starts from within another one. So, and I really do hope we haven't lost everybody here. <laughs> uh, theoretically, it could happen 10,000 times and you could end up with one circle, you know, and that, and that's my... know, it's yeah, very counterintuitive. It's like, we spent so much time, yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, focusing on not wasting processing, um, but yeah, you yeah. win some, you lose some. My, my favorite thing is what you just said, which is you can, you can draw this, you can, have the same circle 10,000 times or be inside that circle 10,000 times. You've lost the ability to draw another one. Um, that's my favourite thing about probability. Is we, we are always... You, you roll a dice six times. You might roll six, six times. And everybody can see that. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, right. that's fine. You roll it 60 times and everybody expects you to roll a one, a six at a time, so 10 times, a two, a six at a time, 10 times. If yeah. you say to somebody, you can roll a six 60 times, everyone's like, no, you can't. But you can. <laughs> like, you actually, yeah. It's my favorite no. thing. I'm like, but you can. There's a, <laughs> very, very there's some kind of magician. <laughs> but you can. Uh, yeah, there's some magician stuff where they're like, it's they usually kind of preach psychic powers or something. And they say, look, I'll do this thing 10 times. I'll flip the coin and I'll get it on tails 10 times. Uh, and they can do it like I'll flip this coin and get it on tails 100 times. And it always is eventually revealed that they sat there and they did that uh, recording the act um, like 8,000 <laughs> times. Really? To, 
to get that yeah to get their tape of them getting it exactly right oh um, my yeah goodness. and it's like you know if you throw away those other things it suddenly looks like absolute magic yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm into this like yeah <laughs> I, have, I have other <laughs> reasons why I'm into this which I'm not going to get into now um but yeah my favorite thing about probability um, it's my favorite thing about random um it's my favorite thing about making this art sometimes um I've been doing a lot of it this month and you really really notice like I'll do something very simple which is I'll have say a color palette of eight colors and I'll chuck a hundred shapes on the canvas and they can pick any of those eight colors like supposedly equally and you just won't see one of those colors come up and you start to question your case I've got a hundred shapes surely eight colors are going to come up randomly and a hundred nope no, there's nothing on your code. It just has not picked that one color on that specific render of that. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> um, yeah, I guess. So, yeah, that's like the kind of example of circle packing. Another one, if if which is a really fun yeah, exercise, <laughs> if you're just, you know, uh, if you're just playing around kind of wanting to, I guess, make your own uh, algorithms and whatnot. Uh, another one that is fun to try to do and and notoriously difficult really to match nature is uh like a shatter a shatter effect if you've like broken a window yeah. or something like yeah. that um you kind of use i i don't know you can kind of look at it and go like oh i think i can see how this has worked uh, but then they are they are difficult to kind of achieve and it it is a similar like a node-esque thing you know you start at a point and you start to branch outward with lines um, but you don't want those lines to cross each other they kind of hit into themselves um, it's a difficult one but i guess the <clears throat> the final algorithm that i just would like okay. to chat about which i uh, is is so difficult to explain uh is noise algorithms particularly Perlin noise or simplex noise which okay i feel like are used um, in generative art there's always there's probably a whole yeah. episode to do just on noise because i've been doing doing getting getting loads more interested in it over the past couple of months and that is both from an audio's perspective yeah. and a generative art perspective um so yeah go on um yeah i mean i will we'll just kind of well, do like a, a brief overview might, and yeah it I would be cool to do it might go into a rabbit hole <laughs> it's okay. got me well <laughs> Okay. We'll try, we'll try. Um, yeah, the, the thing about noise, I've actually asked a bunch of kind of established people who teach generative art, uh, and I've been wanting to write a tutorial on noise for maybe a year uh -huh. now in a way that is un generally mm -hmm. understandable and in a way that, like, if you look at the, the tutorials on generative artistry, they are they sometimes get messy like the circle packing one because i want to show the process of building something where you have to iterate yeah. through it um, and with a noise it's so difficult to say here's step a you can see the start and you can see the end when it's described and when i go to build it it's like i will go to the wikipedia for <laughs> a Poland noise which um we should just say is really really cool. It was like developed in the eighties. Yeah, I, I want to say came up with it um, in the eighties, didn't he? 
It won an Oscar. Yeah, it was Forge. It an Academy, Academy Award. Award. Sorry. Academy Award. Okay, Oscar. Yeah. Can can the algorithm win an Oscar? <laughs> he did. He did for the algorithm, <laughs> right? I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, because yeah. of its use. Um, so he had developed it for. So you can go on. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. He was essentially frustrated that uh, computer graphics didn't really look natural. <coughs> um, they they kind of tended to be like blocky or or machine like, which is fair because they're machines. Um, but he essentially developed this algorithm, which is. Oh, how do you even describe noise? This is the, the part that I was most kind of fearful of, of this podcast. Do, are we just describing um, noise? Are we just describing yeah. noise? Because they're quite separate. Uh, I mean, they? let's go with Perlin noise or noise and then Perlin because noise. Yeah. noise essentially is just randomness. So if we think about something like, yeah, something like white noise, yeah. so we say white noise to somebody who hasn't really thought about it. You think about that static on an old TV set, which hasn't tuned in yet. And the scary <laughs> static on the old TV if set. You, if you watch scary films in the 90s, yeah, I guess. Um, and that is basically, if you want to recreate that with audio, you fill audio with random numbers. So audio is essentially numbers when you listen to it especially digital just random wave yeah so you can um a way to do it in javascript is very simply just to spit out to your speakers math.random and you'll just get that white noise hiss and um, we call it white noise uh, there's different kinds of noises where you just filter out different frequencies of that there's things like brown noise and pink noise and all this other kind of noise that you can have but essentially it's just randomness it's actually just randomness so if we take something like Gaussian noise or Perlin noise, they're deviations on this idea of random where they're slightly less random because they're filtered in different ways. Right? Right, right. It, it, um, yeah, Perlin noise. Perlin's extremely clever because Perlin well, looks at the previous noise that you've had and is random based on the previous value feel like and <laughs> it's quite right so you could yeah it, it interpolates it changes between things based on yes. its previous so there's never really a jarring although it can yeah, happen in yeah. noise, but there's very unoften a jarring uh like uh, we're going left the, the best way that i describe the noise is like an f like a wind in yeah. a large space it's like the wind is never really strong and then you take one step forward and the wind is gone. You know, the wind will be strong and then it will kind of fade out uh, as clouds, time clouds goes on or space good. goes on. Um, if you look at clouds, yeah. they don't, you don't get a very strong, like they sort of fade in and fade out, right? They fade towards yeah, that's a, good a white fluffy cloud and then they fade out of it into the blue sky. That's it. Or and that's, Thicker in some places yeah. and thinner in other spaces, but it's never thick yeah, and then exactly. a straight line. That of, was the... you know, a, no one ever sees a cubic cloud. Although <laughs> a that little would be cube cool. in the sky. It's just cloud. Um, yeah. to, so this, do you want to know the vague, like an overview of the mass behind it? Should we do that? Should we leave that for another episode? Because I literally. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, we can leave it for another. I mean, it, it's similar. It's similar to the nodes idea. Uh, you would have a grid of nodes. Um, 
there's there's kind of like a I think it's like three or four steps to kind of get down to what it is. But you have a grid of nodes, and each of those nodes has a random vector. So it has something kind of pointing uh, into a random direction in 360 degrees from that mm -hmm. single point. Uh, so that's kind of the, f the first part of it is having those directions. And then uh, from within those grids, you essentially generate, uh, you use the, it's like a, you generate a gradient from within. So uh, you have a square and each corner of that square has uh, <laughs> has a vector pointing in a certain direction. And so then each part of that square will have a gradient pointing in generally that direction. Um, but, you know, kind of depending on what other directions are around it. Um, and then with those gradients, you kind of interpolate, you kind of like, I guess, dull them down to be, uh, stronger or lighter depending on which ones are around them, um, which you use like a almost like yeah. a smoothing. A that smoothing was a really really algorithm. good way of a smooth visualizing a it. Yeah, good old lap. Um, without me going into the maths, this is essentially what I was going to get into, purely because um, I had this discussion with my sister last week after dinner. Everybody left the table. But I was describing different ways in generating noise um, and uh, like from numbers perspective and different filters and um, different curves, like whether different lerping is going from one value to another value, um, not necessarily in a straight way. So going from like 0 to 1, but instead of going 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.3, you might go very quickly to 0 0.4 and then slowly to 0 0.5 and then quickly to 0 to 1, right? Yeah, yeah like so an can, ease, oh, ease yeah. <laughs> That's probably my way to describe it. Um, and we were talking about noise and she she just she just said, yeah, but maybe we could take the normal distribution of this and then the standard deviation of that and then we could do that. And I literally looked at her and went, do you know what Perlin noise is? And she went, no. And I went, you just, you just made it up. <laughs> she just, she's a mathematician by the way listeners like she wasn't just she hadn't oh. just made a random guess she she i was just drawing different curves for her and she's like well you could do this and then you get some really nice like effects and i went you could could have won could have won the canary award <laughs> so i was going to describe that but i feel like that's, that's probably a, a well, mathematical the... episode which we'll do, we'll do later <laughs> like, do some numbers yeah it's so difficult and and i don't yeah, I don't think I've done a particularly great job of describing it. It's something that you can see uh, if you look at how it's worked. Like if you go to the Wikipedia for Perlin noise, you can see how they're doing it, but it's difficult to describe visually yeah. in words. Um, we did our best, did a very but job. it's also difficult to describe uh, in a sequential way of coding it. It's kind of difficult to do because, especially with generative art things, I kind of want to see what I'm doing. So if you make a grid with vectors on it, I'll be like, oh, okay, I need to show those vectors. So maybe I'll put an arrow going in lots uh -huh. of different directions uh, from that grid. Um, but then doing the later interpolations mean like I'm essentially coloring in the grid, which is difficult. 
and then that in itself is difficult to code visually. Like it, it works. You can see that the noise is working, but to visually show how it looks is that tends to be difficult. Um, but you know, we'll leave it there. We'll put some links. <laughs> and we'll... That was amazing. Thank you so much. I feel like that was a really good overview yeah. of of algorithms, Tim. Um, I'm enthused. Yeah, I mean, I guess like the the real goal. Come. Yeah, the real goal is to kind of recommend. Hey, try and try and um, I guess make your own algorithm for you know a glass shattering <laughs> or make a tree. I was obviously the personally. I, was I think the best place at to start. Shattering this week, actually, it it was quite easy for me to do a sort of. Oh God, how do you like describe this on a podcast when? Um, they're quite common it's not necessarily a shattering but you have a point going to other points around it um and you get a sort of a yeah uh, so kind of shattered glass effect but um it's just one point going to the closest points and then another point going to the closest points and another point going to the closest points so they just join up to the closest points um yeah I can say this because I didn't make these, but if you do want to have a go at some algorithms and you're not quite sure where to start, Tim has done an amazing series of uh, tutorials on generative artistry where this podcast is. I did them myself last year. Uh, I made them all audio reactive. <laughs> that was just a little project that I wanted to do. Yeah, um, that's well, that's a good thing. Yeah. It's like apply another layer on um, top of that layer or, or change the algorithm or the rules of what's working and you'll have yeah, something yeah, more complex. It was, yeah, it's definitely worth doing. They don't take, if you, as long as you're not putting audio visualization in there, <laughs> which for some of them was particularly <laughs> difficult, I remember, um, just because of the way they've been written and the way that the audio data comes in. If you're not doing that, they don't take a huge amount of time. They're very straightforward and they teach you a lot. <laughs> um, so yeah, do that. Yeah. There you go. Thank you, Tim. All right. Thank you. Great. Good job. Good job. Perfect. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Generative Art Podcast. Don't forget you can find us on Twitter at Gen Art Podcast. Please give us a follow and don't forget to tell your friends. Thank <laughs> you.